Thank you so much for listening to Urbanistica podcast. I am Mustafa Sharif, an urban planner, and you're more than welcome to join my big journey of exploring the making of smarter and more livable cities. Please don't forget to follow Urbanistica on the different social media platforms. And also let's connect on LinkedIn. Big thanks to Urbanistica podcast partner, Avery. Avery is an international engineering and design company providing sustainable solutions in the fields of energy, industry, and infrastructure. Are you ready for a new episode? Let's go for it. Today we have a new episode, we have a new story, we have a new story teller all the way from Barcelona. I have the pleasure to welcome you, Xavi, to Urbanistica podcast. Hey, and welcome. Yep, thank you, Mustafa. Pleasure is mine. How are you doing? Yeah, quite well, a little bit busy. Those days in Barcelona, we have a lot of projects ongoing right now, but uh, I'm so happy to have the opportunity to to be part of this very inspiring and interesting project that we are pushing right now in Barcelona. That's amazing. And I would love and the listeners would love to, to hear more about it. And before we do that, we let's let's hear more about you. How would you like to introduce yourself? Tell us about your passion. Yeah, it's not easy <laughs> because probably everyone today have different approaches to to himself. But yes, I I Yes, I'm an architect urbanist. Uh, I was born in 1975 in a middle-sized city in the original metropolitan area of Barcelona. The city is called Terrassa. It's a city with 200,000 population, more, more or less. And I was born also in a working-class neighborhood. For me, it was very important because my first experience with the city and the streets and the public space was really, really interesting. Uh, but I was lucky to have the opportunity to study architecture at the Polytechnical University in Catalonia. And since I was graduated in 2002, I had the opportunity to dedicate my professional career to urbanism mainly, and also had the opportunity to become professor at the same school. Uh, and actually, I'm, I am associate professor at the urban planning department in the UPC, uh, Polytechnical University of, of Catalonia. And of course, I am also a father of two kids, two little kids still, they are eight and 10 years old. And it's very important because when they arrive, my approach and my way to understand cities completely change. And when the kids appear in your life, suddenly you realize that there are a lot of things in cities and public space that you didn't realize before. And, and they are also very, very important. So beyond my love for, for them, of course, they were also very, very important in, in, in order to be a, a, key, a key moment uh, in my professional uh, career, of course. What what a big journey, especially in, in during the university. Started as student, and now you're a professor as well. Yeah, it's 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 nice because when I am teaching, I am always recording some of my professors, <laughs> right? <laughs> trying to to improve their performance at the school. Yeah, and while trying to repeat the good things that I learned from them, and trying not to repeat the, the bad ones. But it's very interesting also to realize that we are in a very 
it's a very important moment that is changing so many things about how we learn, how we teach, and how we apply urbanism. And there are some very important and deep questions that we need to also to rethink about the, which is most important in city and how is the, I will say very important, how is the social level uh, crucial issue in, in, in urbanism right now. So I remember my time, it was basically a, a question of not architecture, but objectual architecture in city. It was most important, the shape and uh, of the city. And I, I would say that right now, the, the city sense has um, reached a central position when we are thinking about cities. And I think it's a good question. I think it's also very, very, very good. And I'm very happy also to talk with you about this more today. But t t tell me and tell the listeners, you're not only a professor as well, you have a, another job. Uh, yeah, of course. I, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I am I'm currently I'm chief architect of uh, Barcelona City Council since October uh, 2019, so two years till now, and of course I I consider myself a very lucky person, and I, for me it's a privilege to have the opportunity to to and also responsibility to 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 be in charge of of I would say to define which is the the urban model of the of this, and I also would say this very uh, amazing city like Barcelona. Yeah, it's it's uh, well. I will say you're a hard worker, not only a lucky person. Uh, lucky maybe it's in Barcelona, but like a hard worker because you 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 worked up to this uh, place and or to this position. So. And also, you mentioned now October two thousand nineteen. So like three months, and then Corona, right? Yeah, yeah. It was nobody. Nobody told me <laughs> that it will be that, that way. Uh, but it has been a very well, very also very interesting uh, moment. Uh, it's different to 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 take a, a a conclusion about what happened right now. I think we will need more time to to understand better. But in Barcelona, it was a very interesting moment in which we tried to, to get advantage of the, the situation. Uh, despite all the problems that we suddenly uh, had to face, but uh, the most important thing in Barcelona that we, we had uh, an, uh, an agenda really clear before Corona. So it was for us a good opportunity to, to, to boost some, some of the actions that we had planned not exactly in that way, but uh, more or less. So it was a very, very interesting moment to to try different things, uh, to apply a lot of uh, tactical actions that allowed us to to step up to and to to reach the goals that we had before defined. Exactly, like the pandemic helped this some cities to speed up the development yeah. and the transformation. Yeah, it was that way in Barcelona. So it was a moment that allow us to to get a new position in order to 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 be closer for the the, the final transformation that we are working right now yeah and Travi, as you as a chief architect what are the main objectives and characters of current barcelona transformation yeah uh, barcelona in my opinion has had three key moments key three key historical moments if we are talking about urban transformation the first one was the middle of 19th century with the Sardar plan. You may 
well known probably you you can you can brief the listeners a bit about it if you want yeah yes i'm talking about uh, 1859 the middle of 19th century barcelona was still within the medieval walls so Sardar defined which was the, the, the plan to unfold the city after the walls was demolished. So it was a very important plan. It has defined the, the, the fate, the, the destiny of, of the city right now. But it was a very important plan because uh, the plan defined in one hand the, the, the structure of the city with the main axis that connected the city, the, the old city with the different villages that already existed in the in the in the area of Barcelona, but also connecting the city with the territory. So it was a, a very visionary plan that had the capacity to to understand a new scale for the new city. And also was a very important plan because define a new order, a new urban order with this very characteristical uh, regular square grid or around the city that um, our listeners probably may know, know better, but uh, this is, was a very important moment where the, the city changed its scale and defined a new order. The second one, and we are right now in the, in the 80s of the last century, 20th century, and the city, after a moment where the city of Barcelona had a very uh, fast growing uh, during the 50s, 60s and 70s, with a lot of immigration coming from uh, mainly the, the uh, other areas of, of Spain, so a, a fast, a fast growing in the city and a city with a lot of structural and, and, and services problems. So the project of the 80s that we usually explain like the Olympic project because it, it, it ends with the, the Olympic games in 1992. It was a very important effort that made the city to, to get a lot of new facilities, public spaces to generate a new structure process all around all around the city. So it was the second moment. And the third moment, I would say that is right now. So you, you, you may notice that this two first moments was more about the physical transformation in increasing areas, occupying more, more space in the territory, and also transforming physical conditions of the city. But right now we are talking about how to reprogram Barcelona. So Barcelona has practically occupied of its territory, so we need that uh, we could say a, a city completed. So we need to improve the conditions of the of the of already existed city, Barcelona. Uh, despite and it's true that the the transformation during the eighties means a very important effort and allow Barcelona to reach a we could say a condition of a short distance city when we talk currently about the 15-minute city. I always say Barcelona is already a 15-minute city, more or less. There was made a very important effort, yes, getting more um, public facilities, uh, new public spaces, more housing, but it's not enough. We still have a city with some environmental, but environmental problems. We, we, we have, unfortunately, uh, uh, too much high air pollution level, uh, air acoustic uh, pollution level also. So we need to, to change the way we use our city and the way that the city works itself. So, so this is, the, I would say the third main transformation, how to reprogram how the, the city, how the city, how the city works. Yes, to recover, which is the, the original spirit of city that it must be a, a better place to live, you know, a good place for a daily life. 
And the most important thing, a good place to live for everyone. So this is a very another important issue in Barcelona. The idea is not to improve only some areas, only for a, or for a, some neighborhoods or for a, some profile of neighborhoods. The idea is how are we able to improve the life for everyone all around all around all around the city. So I, I would say this is the main goal, and the current transformation is it's it's about how are we able to transform the city in a systemic way. So we are not talking about uh, some big transformations, but but located in a very specific area, we are talking about a global systemic transformations, probably with a small size uh, interventions, but uh, distributed all around, all around the city. If, if we focus on Barcelona, what, what are the main challenges that the city is facing? Yeah, yeah I would say that there are two main uh, challenges right now. The first one is housing. We have a very important problem with affordable housing. The, the rental prices rise till a, a very difficult level for a lot of people in Barcelona. It is because the market, but also because the tourism pressure, specifically in some central areas. And, and it's also, it's, it's a problem because um, till five years ago, nobody did nothing about public policies in housing in Barcelona. So the main effort with the new mayor, Ala Colau, has been how are we able to uh, increase a new public housing stock? Uh, so more or less the, the data is in 2015, there was about 5,000 public houses in Barcelona and we will reach, we are working in it uh, 12,000 at the end of uh, 2022. So we are doubling the, 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 the amount of public housing in the city because it's the main thing. Chavi, pub, public housing, if you explain to the listeners, you mean with public housing? Yeah. What, what, what do what, I what mean do you... with public housing? Yes, yeah, yeah, the yeah. property is public. So there are, there are rental housing, but the, the owner is the city council uh, that manage this uh, stock of housing with uh, organization yes, to create to, to do that, to do that. So this is the only way that have the, the, the a public institution like the city council to provide more uh, affordable housing for people just to increase this, this, this stock of public housing. Yeah. And this is, I think this is the first challenge that we are, we are facing. And if the people is not able to live at, at, at their city, you have nothing to do with anything else. So, and the second one is the environmental conditions of the city. And it has to be both, uh, in a, in, a, in a health way, we need to improve the health conditions of public space. We talked before about air pollution, acoustic pollution, but it's also a question about uh, climate change and how the city is able to, to adapt to the, to the different problems that are already here. I'm talking about uh, high level temperatures in summer, uh, heavy raining concentrated in a really short period of time. So we need to improve uh, in a physical way also the city to reprogram this public space in city in order to be able to face this, these changes, these climate changes. And this is what we are trying to do by different uh, program transformations. Yeah. And, and if we go back to the first challenge, Xavi, like you, you mentioned that the city is provi providing public housing. Is there any policy that limit 
how people put the rent when they rent out their houses. So like you, you put how to say a, a roof or a line. Okay, you cannot max rent for more than this cost. No, there, there is not, and um, this is uh, this is not a responsibility of the local government. So this is another way to improve conditions that the local governments uh, push to the, the the state government in Spain who has the capacity to change this kind of laws in order to, to limit, to generate uh, a limit of rental prices. So it will be the best way, but uh, well, there are, I, I, I think there are still discussions in the central government about that question. Yeah. And how is it now, like after the pandemic, are people coming to visit Barcelona or how is the situation? Yeah, uh, I I would say that we are practically recovering the, the same level of tourist activity in our city. Probably not, not so high like before Corona, but it's, it's an increasing process that you can realize when you go out to the central public spaces like La Ramblas or another, another, another like this. So we are we are recovering but we we are also uh trying how is working what we did during this period and not only during the the finish of the lockdown but also the, the years before so we are working also that this kind of come back to the normality we could we could say uh probably be in another way in some different issues like public space and, and mobility above all. We have a problem right now that the, the, the user of public transport has decreased because of Corona. So it's, it's, it's one of the most important challenges right now, not only for the local government, also the, the metropolitan and regional to recover the, the confidence in public space for everyone. It's a very, very important question for us. Yeah. Do you also get that the numbers of cars uh, increased more than the more than before, like during the COVID and after COVID? Uh, the, the people drive instead of the, taking public transportation. Yeah, during the lockdown, it was that way. A lot of people, a lot more than before, uh, people uh, change public transport by, by, by cars. But right now, it's more or less the same level. We have recovered the 90% of, of cars movements in, in, in the city, but the public transport hasn't reached the same level than before. So. We, we have the hope that we, if we are able to, to recover the people using the public transport, probably the, the use of cars will, will decrease again. And, uh, and are you doing something when it comes to like uh, telling people, okay, take the public transportation again, it's fine. Or no, you're waiting for the general situation that, okay, the pandemic will like end officially somehow and people will realize, okay, I can go back to the normal and take public transportation. Well, no, there are some different communication campaigns uh, launched by the city council in order to recover this confidence. I um, I, 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 I usually take the, the train and metro in Barcelona. So there are people that it's, it's coming back and we are trying also to invite people to change to another ways. So it, it's very important to, to highlight that the, the use of bike has really increased in the last year in Barcelona. It was not a high level of use of the, the bikes. It was about the 2% of different movements, but it increased from the 2 to the 4% of people using bikes. And in the different bike lanes that we built during the lockdown, 
has been really successful uh, lanes because there are a lot of people understanding that we are trying to make a very important effort to improve the physical conditions for bikes in the city. And, and people is, yes, I think every day is, 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 is increasing people that prefer bikes. Yeah, that's amazing. Like you almost double the number of uh, 2% to 4%. Yeah, it's, yes, yes. It's, it's a lot of, it, it, it's true. It's not the high per, per initial percent, but, but it's still, important. Yeah. Of course. And are the, are these bike lands temporary or no, you will keep it? Yeah, yeah, like we have keep permanently. It all, all of them. So it was a tactical intervention at the beginning with because we don't have enough money to do it in a structural way, but they have been finally finished in a structural way. So they are all there. We are talking about 30 kilometers that we would have, we that we did in a month, more or less. Wow. It was a yeah. very, very <laughs> intense moment <laughs> that way, yeah. I can imagine, but but well, well done. It's it's a good, it's a great uh, step, actually. Yeah, and it was made in very important streets of the city, very structural streets in the city. One of them are, is Carriarago. Carriarago is one of the main streets of the Champlain. It's the street that crossed from the north to the south side of the city. It, 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 we could say it's the practically the last highway, the last urban highway in Barcelona. It had uh, six car lanes before uh, before Corona. The first action we did is to transform one of these lanes into a bus lane. And after that, we transform another one into a bike lane. So we reduced two car lanes and giving priority, of course, to public transport and to bike and reducing the 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 cars in this street uh, that's amazing i'm so happy to hear to hear this actually well done really giving uh, giving back the city to people yeah yeah this is we, we also talk about uh, the the conquer of the asphalt <laughs> exactly yeah we, we have in barcelona we have to take into account more than 50 percent of public space is occupied by cars by car lanes and by parking lanes so if we want to improve the, the quality of the public space, want to improve environmental conditions and to increase the green areas in our city, that is a very important challenge for us. Uh, we need to conquer the asphalt and we need to balance the, 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 the space that are actually using a, a, a low efficiency uh, machine like this car in order to, to give more room for people that is the most user that we have in public space yeah and i'm also like now when i hear you talk about like the second challenge about the environment and now we're talking about giving city back to people it's so interesting because not so many city realize that this is that we, this is that the, we have to go this way i mean it's, it takes a lot of brave leadership so so is it difficult for you as a chief architect to, to stand and say no we have to fix this for the environment is it easy for you uh in 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 one hand, I would say yes, not because it's easy, but because we have uh, currently in Barcelona uh, a sort of politicians really convinced of that. So we have, uh, starting by the mayor at the Colau, but also with the deputy mayor of urban ecology, people that is really convinced and have the ideas really clear that we need to do that for people in our city. So in that way, I feel I would say power by by my my, yeah. my politicians, but it's true. It's not easy. So it, it's very important, which is the, the the participatory processes that you need to organize and to 
and to give the importance that they have in order to make everyone uh, easy to understand what we try to do, how it will be, what will be the timing and so on. And I, I will we'll talk about participatory process. Exactly. I think it's very important, a very important issue. But it, it's also true that we are, when we are talking about this deep and, and, and great transformation in a city, what we are doing, in fact, is trying to change the, the behaviors of uh, people. So it's, it's a cultural problem or it's a cultural challenge. So it, it's, I think it's probably normal that there are open, that the different transformations open some discussions and complainings of people. It's, I think it, we need to understand that it's normal and we need to manage that, not just to avoid or to make like it doesn't exist. No, it exists. It's, 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 I think it's part of the of the of the process of transformation. It's exactly. Yeah, I, I think this is what we need to to respect and understand that it's it's part of the change. Yeah. As there are people are happy with this change, there are some people are against this change, and we need to deal with this and also to to make them part of this journey. Indeed. Not only like as you said, ignore or or don't listen or pretend that it's they are not there. Yeah. Like complete, completely, completely agree. Yeah. And we will talk more about this. But before that, I would love to hear from you. Like now, I need to take up the opportunity. Uh, tell us about the Barcelona Superblock. Barcelona Superblock is Superblock is 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 a I would say it's an easy idea. So, but let me talk first uh, before about uh, why Superblock appears in Barcelona. So, a lot, a lot, of, a lot of people that come to Barcelona to, to learn about Superblock. The first question is why Superblock started in Barcelona. So I, I said before, Barcelona is a, is a, is a in fact, is a small city. It's a city with only hundred square kilometers with 1.6 million people. So it's a high density city. It's a compact urban fabric. And it's a city that has a very important lack of public space of green areas mainly. So we don't have uh, small uh, big parks. We only have small and medium-sized parks. We are, don't have big parks like another important capitals in the world. So I used to say that Barcelona, in fact, is a city of streets. So the main public space that we have to work with is, is the street. So if we want to increase our green areas, which we have a very important lack of them, uh, we have an average of six uh, square meters per inhabitant. That is quite less than the who recommends that are about 10 square meters by, by inhabitant. So we are, we have a very important lack, but we even have neighborhoods with less than two square meters per inhabitant. So if we need to increase green areas, if we want to improve the environmental conditions, if we want to make a more social public space, we only have streets. We need to transform streets in our city. And this is when uh, superblocks uh, appears and, and makes sense. Because superblock, the idea of superblock, if we have a regular grid, a regular square grid like the Sardar design in the 19th century, and actually all all the streets of this grid works at the same way with a lot of cars on every street. Uh, the idea is how are we able to reorganize mobility, giving priority to public transport, giving priority to biking and walking. So reaching a more efficient mobility in, in, in order to make it in, in a better environmental conditions, but also uh, occupying less room than that it occupies right now. 
to be able to free up some of these streets to to give it to people to give it to to the green I, I would say so more or less the idea is that one of every each uh, one of three streets in the in the in the Champa Serda can become a green axis we say so it's a, a street where the where there is no mobility passing through there is only uh, uh, a place to stay, I would, I, would, I would say. So the idea is not only to generate these inner spaces uh, in the center of a superblock, the idea is how to transform the, all the streets of the city, one of them to become this green axis, but the other one uh, increasing the, the, the room for public space and for bike, like we told before in, in Korea. In Korea so the idea is that Superblock had a first stage between 2015, 2019 with the first experience in Barcelona. There are two very well known, I guess, like Superblock in Poblano. It was the first one and the second one in San Antonio. It was two of them were, we could say, small size area of Superblock. The, the, the result has been absolutely positive. It was a very successful experience all around the world recognized. The data are really uh, clear. We have been able to reduce the air pollution, have been able to reduce the cars passing through these areas. We have increased the commercial activity in these areas. We have increased the public events in the public space. After this period, when we launched at the end of 2019, so before Corona was a new stage for Superblock that tried to scale up the idea shifting from small uh, actions to to a new scenario where the idea is that the whole city of Barcelona can become a super block. So the new scenario what defines is a new we could say a new structure of new green axes that are these streets that we are able to free up for from from cars to generate a new we, we say environmental infrastructure or around or around the city. So the idea is how to scale up the idea of superblock and and coming back the idea that i told you before that we we want to transform the whole city not only make a kind of oasis with a very good quality but the rest of the city is is in a in a in a, in a worse condition so this is the the, the new stage that we are working on we started identifying a, a priority area of intervention this is the central area of the city the central champla Serda which is the area that has the, the highest air pollution levels all around, all around the city. So we are just working on, and we are expecting finishing the first four projects the next January in, 2022, in 2022. That will be the first four green axes of the new stage of Superblock. And the idea is also to, to generate three, four new squares just in the junction areas between these green axes. So, this is the way that we are trying to transform a street in a passing through space in a in a in a in a in a place to stay, to to, to sit down in a bench to 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 be able to to be in silent talking with people. Yeah, well, well, uh, the first thing I want to to say to you is like congratulations for making this change happen. I know it's not easy, but you, in Barcelona you made it. Yeah. There has been a lot of people working on it, of course. Uh, I think we have the, the, the we are lucky to have very good teams in, from the urban space design and from participatory processes. Of course, it's very interesting because the first experience in Poblano with Superblock it was a very difficult moment 
with a lot of complaining people that didn't understand what was that kind of transformation. But we had we we had the seem the, the fortune that the politicians at that moment were able to resist and to defend the idea. And we also have the fortune to have very good technicians that work really hard in the design processes, but also in the manage of with people to generate a new participatory process. And the change has been radically. So from a first moment with a lot of complaints of doubts coming from the people, the social perception of the project right now is, is an, an absolute success. Everyone or, or around the neighborhoods of the city is asking for a super block in their neighborhood, in data street. So what, what, what our problem right now is how are we able to reach <laughs> this is so 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 cool so fun but t tell me Chavi, tell me more about the how did you involve people in this transformation like like how did you reach out to them communicate with them are they did they were part of the plan or no they are just in the end and say yes okay fine we go for this plan like this more co-creation with the community yeah, in Barcelona we have uh, participation regulation that um, it means that every urban transformation must generate uh, its specific participatory process, but it's true that Superblock has a specific one. So the idea of Superblock is to engage people from the very beginning of the process. So what we do is uh, to generate we call it a promotional group. So it's a it's a working group that. Uh, it's integrated by uh, different stakeholders and people interested in the project from the very beginning. So this is the group who generates the, the action plan. It's true, it's, it, the, the group um, doesn't start from zero. So it, of course, there are some technical decisions that, that, that comes from the city council because there are very, which, which are the streets that need to have the bus lane, which are the streets that we are able to free up from cars. So there are a structural first decision coming from a technical process work inside the, the city council. But from that point is this promotional group who works, how will be the streets uh, to identify which are the needs, which are the problems, which are the different, I don't know what to say, everything. So it's very, very important. So we always work with three different levels. This is the, 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 the public technician level with the participatory processes. And we also try always, I, I think is the main idea of this kind of uh, urban transformation is to be transparent. So to, to be able to generate all the data, all the information that allows people to, to understand uh, well what, what is going on. Sometimes the problems is not about uh, to be against the proposal. The problem is about don't have the, 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 the don't know, don't understand, it's nice to understand. So, so it's very important. And there is a, a, another very important tool that uh, Barcelona started to use, I think, three years ago, this is a, a very important digital tool. It's a, it's a digital platform called Decidim. It's an open source platform that allows the city council to manage all the participatory processes in the city, not only the, the urban transformation processes, but also the participatory budget. So the last year there has been a process to decide, uh, I don't remember exactly the amount of euros, it was, I don't know, few million of euros that has been decided by people through this digital tool like the CDM. 
So it's a very powerful digital tool that has it's been very useful right now in the city to to manage and to make it easier for everyone to 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 get involved in this kind of processes. Mm. And if we talk about the first two blocks, was it easy to to convince people that this is good? No. <laughs> no, no. Well, I, I, I wasn't there, but uh, of course, most of the people in my team were, was there, were there, and they, we are usually talk about what happened and how they try to improve. And it was not no easy, but probably it was good that was that way because it 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 made everyone to realize that they needed to improve. The, the way that we are, we were win doing the, the thing. So, of course, uh, the first super block means a very important transformation never taken before in the city. It was like a pioneer, open open way in front of them to the unknown area. So, I, I think after the years that it it, it needed to be that way. Uh, but the most important thing is the city council reacted in a good way and was able to adapt the, the processes in order to make it easier for everyone and to make it more unstable for, for people. So it was not easy, but I think it, it made that the, the, to improve a lot the, the, the methodology and the project. And Travi, do you, do you think like, because, you know, now uh, we, we have some different concepts, like 15 minute city, one minute city, uh, 1000 minute city, super block, is super block Barcelona applicable to other cities or no, it's very special f- just for Barcelona? What can we learn? Let's say like, sto- what can Stockholm learn? I think it's perfectly applicable to another another cities. I always let me just to to into brackets just to. I always preferred short distances city than fifteen and twelve. This is idea that I learned from Jaime Jaime Lerner. She used to talk about the short distances city. Doesn't matter if one minute, five or fifteen. I don't know, but I think the the idea of superblock. So the, the idea of we need a, a more efficient mobility. Uh, it's uh, perfectly applicable for every city around around the world. Understanding that the the, the the shape of the different urban fabrics are, are different. You know, I, I just uh, came back yesterday from Copenhagen, and in the new development that there are there is ongoing in Nordhaven area. This this former harbor area just is transformed in a working and residential area. I, I, it's it's a super block. So it's very interesting to see that they have started with only a few streets that that are connecting the new area with public transport, with a new metro line, aerial metro line, and with bike lines. But but just uh, the, the necessary streets to the mobility. The rest of the streets are for pedestrians and for people. So I think it's it's a it's an idea that that works everywhere and. And all the cities that are trying to to generate this kind of run functions and, and, and run fabric, it's always working quite 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 well because people suddenly realize that they are able to recover this this new feeling with 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 their cities that probably we lost somehow you know, during this industrial idea to to cities in the last decades. Yeah, exactly. So now the f- the future of or the next step of uh, Barcelona Superblock is that you want to transform as many blocks in Barcelona as possible, right? Do you have like a a, a, um, a plan, an official plan for that? 
yeah, we have a, we have a plan that identify which will be the new green axis that will build this new environmental infrastructure. So what we are defining right now is which are which will be the the next stages that will allow us to develop this idea. We are working not only from the center of the city. We have also ongoing different projects in different neighborhoods that have been activated precisely by the participatory processes in different neighborhoods in the northern side of the of the city in the neighborhood of La Sagrera. So the idea is to to pop up different uh, interventions with the with a general plan that has been already defined by 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 the, by the city. So we have which will be this new uh, vision, future vision. What we are managing is the, the different areas that will uh, develop this this new idea. That's amazing. Do you have like a time frame? Like by let's say twenty thirty, we have this numbers of block. Yeah, we have we have. Uh, the idea is to finish uh, the interventions in this central area of the Champla, the, the central area of Barcelona, the Champla, which have been defined 21 axes and 21 squares. The, they told before the four first ones will be developed to the next year. And the idea is to finish these 21 new green axes by 2030. This is in the central area, but not only this area. The idea is while we are working in this central area because it's the, the, the worst environmental conditions area, we will be working at the same time in other in other neighborhoods of the city. Yeah, that's amazing. I will I will I wish you all the good luck with this uh, huge transformation. It's very important as well. Thank you. I think it's it's like the moment that where the cities started to to put pavement on the streets. <laughs> So it, it 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 it's it's not a project; it's a process. Exactly. So we need to understand. We we, we are in transition. We our cities right now are in. It, we don't have much time. We need we need it to go faster, of course, but it's a process. So we need to 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 start uh, acting right now, and this is what we try to do. So it, for for us, it was important to generate a new vision that was able to generate this general strategy. But after that, just to start with the projects and to start with the with the, with the transformation, I think this is the most the most important. Go for actions. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Yeah, that's amazing. I'm so happy to hear that. And also, I know there's one more very interesting project that I would love to hear from you about because I work a lot with child-friendly cities, with kids, and planning cities for children as well. And I know in, uh, in Barcelona you have a project. It's like, if I translate it to English, it's called "Let's Protect Schools." So please tell us more about like what is it about the background? Yes, it's a it's for for us is a I would say was one of the most important problems that absolutely linked with Superblock because we are talking about public space transformation, so they are absolutely linked. That's the same strategy, but the idea it it, it comes from our mayor that and I, and it had started unfortunately started when in at the middle of twenty nineteen. A uh, kid was killed by a motorbike in front of the door of, 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 of his school. So from our mayor came the, the idea that we needed to act in the, in the, in the, in the surrounding areas of, of the school. So this is the, the point that made us to, to start this, this program. And the idea is that we need to, to, to improve the conditions in these surrounding areas of, of all the schools of the city. And, and it's a very, it's a, a very powerful strategic because in Barcelona we have 
almost 600 schools all around the city. So with a very well distribution all around the city. So it's like a cupuncture map with, with different uh, points. So if you are able to improve these 600 areas, you will be able to improve the entire city. So it's a very strategic vision. And, and there is another important question. When you are improving the conditions in front of the school, so you are reducing the car lane, you are reducing the speed, the speed of the car is very, very important. No one's complained about that. So it, it's a very important. So and now we, we also share it with some partners in, in, in Paris from the City Council of Paris that they have also a, a similar program. So it, it's a very strategic tool, the school, because you are able to improve not only the conditions for kids and, and their families, but also the conditions for the whole city. And non, no one is able to, to, to complain about that you are improving the conditions in front of the school. So the program has basically four, four main goals that is just to improve the, the public space, to increase the area of the public space. We always say that we are trying to generate a new square in front of every school door in, in the city, increasing the area, uh, introducing uh, urban furniture, so improving the, the conditions and the comfortability of these spaces. We are improving the security around the schools, reducing the car lanes, reducing the speed, very important. So the limited speed in front of a school in Barcelona will be 30 kilometers per hour. So it's very, very, very important. The third one is how are we able to increase the visibility of schools? And it's true, in, and our mayor always says that uh, you are in a city, you are always able to see a parking lot because there are a big P with a blue background cloud, yeah. <laughs> and you are able to see it from a kilometer far away. So, True. <laughs> but you are not able to identify that you are crossing with your car in front of the school. So we have uh, create a new design. It's a kind of 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 uh, painting uh, area when you are entering to a school, a street school. It's a it's an orange one that is very visible. So we are painting it in front of every every school. And the, and the last goal is we are creating uh, collaborative processes with the schools in order that to engage kids and, and professors and also families just to, to decide what, which are the, the painting in front of the school, the, the games that they were able, the, the urban furniture. So it's, it's about that kind of process that allows us to improve public spaces, but also to generate this new relation between the school of public space. And, and it's very useful because meanwhile, are working in this kind of projects, there appear some opportunities. So we are collaborating with some schools of design of the city that are developing different European programs, uh, investigating in new urban furniture. So this is a very good Test batch area, this new uh, obtaining from the asphalt to 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 test new uh, uh, urban furniture, new new elements, which is a very important challenge in our city because when you mm, we are when you mm, think about the, the urban furniture in the street, you realize that it has been designed to be able to resist uh, car impact. So we all we always find hard materials like concrete or metal where we are removing cars from the streets. I think there is a very good opportunity to, to, be in, to, to get in donation, this kind of designs, entering new materials, new solutions. Mm, that's amazing. And uh, when did you start with this program? We started uh, the, uh, the, the January 2020. 
with the first school. So there have been two years till now. We have we have act already in 105 schools. So it has been a really fast project and we are expecting to reach the 200 schools by 2023. So it will mean one of each three schools in the school will be improved in, in three years. So the idea that only four year, four more years, we will be able to improve the whole all the all the schools around the city. We are talking about low cost intervention. Of course, there are tactical actions, so they are really easy, but we think really really useful. And the the the, the feedback from the families and the schools is absolutely positive. Uh, even more in this situation of COVID that they needed more more room in front of the doors just to 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 wait for the kids after the schools or make different activities. So the the program is it online so we can read more about it? Yeah yeah. That's great. So I can link link it to and and by the way like this huge transformation it needs a lot of departments to work together in the municipality, right? Not only like urban planning. Yeah, of course. Yes. We have Barcelona City Council, there are five, five main areas. So we are in the urban ecology area that integrate uh, our area that is chief architect and urban model area, also mobility, and also uh, environmental, um, environmental uh, conditions area and green area. So. We are all together under the same uh, big area, we would say. So what we are doing is to generate these internal groups, yes, with people from the, the three teams working together from, from, from the beginning. And this is very important because there are some important challenges while transforming public space, increasing the green areas. So we need a very deep implication by the three, three areas. So we are working together, yes. And and also like from stories of Barcelona, because you know in this podcast talk about smart city, and I I love to hear from people, what do they think about smart city? And I love to take the opportunity and ask you, how how do you imagine a smart city, or how or how, it's not imagine how do you define a smart city? Yeah, I would say that the, the smart condition is not about technology or digital digital tools. The smart condition is more about people. So hope people understand and leave the city and take aware that they are living in a city that needs some different questions. And of course, how the people is able to use these, these technological possibilities. I think we have a big risk to if we believe that the, 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 the technical solutions will be an objective by itself. So uh, I think it's very important to understand that we need to define which are the, the, the objectives that we need in our cities and use them, the, the new digital and technological possibilities to reach these goals, not to make them just a goal by them, themselves. So this is, I think this is more important. So I think it's very important to, to, to use in a right way the technology. For instance, in, in Superblock, for us it's very important to get data about what is happening in the public space with the transformations. So we are sensorizing the city in order to get information from this. I think it's, it's essential to have that, that knowledge, but the important is not this action to be smart, to have a lot of screens just showing you which is happening everywhere. The idea is to generate this knowledge about what is happening. I hope, I hope these transformations not are only data, 
uh, but are also impacting in people. So the ideas not only have data about what is how the public space is, is being transformed, by how the, the public the changes in public space is improving or not the people uh, living there. So if they are living more years, if the health conditions are, are being improved, if there are better uh, levels in the school by kids or if the economy is increasing or not is increasing. So I would say that the smart condition finally depends on people, not only on technology. Okay, so for you, it's more about people than technology. So I'm, I'm, I'm really happy to, to, to hear the different stories from Barcelona and hopefully one day we visit Barcelona and, and, and learn more and explore more because I think you're, you're leading this transformation and you're, how to say, an interesting destination, not only for tourism, but also for urban planners to see what are the future cities yeah. could be look like. You will be, of, of course, welcome. And, and it's interesting because Barcelona, and we, we share this idea inside our team that Probably Barcelona is not a city referent of a specific historical period. It's not a city uh, referenced in the Renaissance or, or in the medieval area. But Barcelona has a very good architecture and a very good urban experiences of the different historical periods around the world. So we in Barcelona, you can find from the Romans, from the Roman temple and the ancient city uh, founded by the Romans, till the different medieval, very interesting buildings, uh, till the, the more contemporary transformations and architecture. So I think it's a, it's a, it's a city that has been able to, to, to reach good practices, a good experience of each, of each people. Yeah. And I, th I think the number of visitors, it's a kind of, uh, what do you call it? recipe that the city has different experience or invites for different experience and not only one type of experience. Yeah, it's true. It's true. In the podcast, it's important for me also to show the personal side of, of people that working with city development, because it's also when we say cities for people, it's also about us that we develop ourselves and so on. So this is the last section of the episode and going to be more personal questions. I hope you're ready. Yeah. So the first, like, first question, you as a chief architect, what what are the main challenges that you're facing in your job? Well, uh, I, I could say many of them, and not only not only <laughs> the biggest one, but probably I think the most important, uh, and that I think this is my commitment, is to generate a a, a general strategy for the whole city. So when you have so many projects ongoing and the most important thing is to, to be able to identify a general strategy, to be coherent in every project that you make to general uh, the same design criteria or around the city. So this is what we tried from the beginning of my work with this new vision for the whole city of Barcelona. Also defining a new public space criteria for the new streets. I think it's very, very interesting because this new stage of Superblock uh, allow us to define what we understand that need to be the, the new idea of a street in our city. And it's very, 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 very interesting. We are talking about environmental infrastructure, a social uh, dynamic public space in public in, 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 the, in the street. It must be a space of innovation and new solutions, must be understood as a, as as, as a place that is able to integrate the heritage existing there 
before the transformation. So this is what I am in charge, just to define this general vision, to, to have the capacity to, to generate this order in the different processes. And, 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 it, and I would say that there's also another very important challenge for me is just to, to, uh, to make the teams believe that what we are doing is worth to do. So it's very important because it's not easy. So I must admit it's not easy. And sometimes when you are working so close to some problems, you, you have the risk to, to lose your perspective. So I have also the, the mission to, to, to give this, this coherence you know, this, uh, to, to everyone and to push them just to believe to that. So I usually try to communicate a lot about the which are the main ideas about the Barcelona, like we are doing right now. Exactly. And and how was it for you? Like, we, if we talk from leadership perspective, when you joined the team, then it, it become COVID and then you couldn't meet them physically. Was it difficult for you to interact with the team and, and like to feel that you're part of it, a part of a team? I, I don't think so. I, I also think that I am very lucky because we have a teams with uh, people that really believe with a public function in, in the city and they are very good professionals, architects, engineering, uh, environmental technicians. So they made it really easy. I must admit it was really easy by, by, by their side because it, obviously it was difficult because the distance and the, 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 the screen wasn't the best way to, to coordinate and to, to generate new projects. But despite that, we were able to do a lot of things during the year by lockdown that we thought before with a lot of tactical actions, yes, giving advantage of the situation. So I must admit it was difficult because the situation, but the relation with the teams, they made it really, really easy. That's uh, that's great to hear. And do, do you have time for hobbies or you're focused on developing Barcelona? <laughs> I don't have enough time for, for hobbies. So it's very, very difficult to find out. But I, I have just one that I try to maintain. So I love Tell I me. love walking. Walking, hiking in mountain on and 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 every Saturday morning, early in the morning, and try to go out to the mountain and, and to walk for an hour. For a couple of hours, at least, just to 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 recover my, my from the working week. Yeah, <laughs> the, the peace with, with the planet. I don't know why. <laughs> and and to get perspective, it's very important just to, to yeah. get distance from your everyday life in order to 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 have just a couple of hours to to make a kind of reset <laughs> of the week. Yeah, you do it in early in the morning. Do you like the city when there are no people? I like always city. <laughs> there, there are there are different there are different moments, but uh, well, yeah, when there is early in the morning, it's it's true that it's a very special moment. One not before everything starts up. So I I like yes. I usually get up really early in the morning, so it's like what time? Six a.m. every day. <laughs> so it's not that be careful for me. Do the same on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. So, Xavi, we are in the end of the episode. There are only two more questions. And the first one I will be asking you, what are your three takeaway messages to our listeners? Yeah, uh, let's see. I would, I think it's like a, like, like a statement. I don't know. The best city we have is the, the, the city that already exists. 
And I think it's very important to, to remember that because I think we don't need new cities, we don't need new developments. Our real challenge is to, to improve the existing city and be able to improve the city for everyone living there. And, 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 and try to, to reduce the inequalities existing in, in, our, in our cities. This is very true message in one, but I think the focus of the urban planning action should be on the existing city, not trying to generate new cities in the middle of the, of the desert on some kind of basis. So I, I used to say that the best city we have is the city, the city that we already, already, already have. And the idea that the city is what we do together. A city is not a building uh, in front of another building. A city is not a man or a woman living no, near to another one. Is what we are able to do all together. So this this sense of community is the most important in order to to make sense to every urban planning action. So every new urban project should ask itself if it's able to 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 generate this community dimension of, of the city it's inviting people to do things together of uh other side it's separating people between you know, between them that i think it shouldn't do that yeah great takeaway messages uh, thank you so much and the last question is going to be you asking us what is your <laughs> question to us it's not easy. Uh, yes, like I am really passionate about walking. I, I would ask everyone that ask themselves if you are able to walk in your city in a comfortable way all around. So it's like a, a like a test in order to understand if your city is working good or not. If you are able to ask yourself if you are able to walk all around your city in a comfortable way. Thank you so much and hopefully talk to you again. Thank you so much to you. It has been a pleasure. Well, thank you so much for listening to Urbanistica podcast. I hope you really enjoyed this episode. You learned something new and also got inspired by the guest. Don't forget to share the episode on your social media and recommend it to people you think they are really interested in this topic. Thank you so much again for giving your valuable time to Urbanistica podcast. I am Mustafa Sharif. Keep up the good work. Keep loving cities.